I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to Nothing Impossible. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Calhoun and Travis Sheridan on News Radio 1120 KMOX. Welcome into our weekly conversation about local innovation. I'm Michael, and that's I'm not Travis. I'm not Travis, but I do have on great <laughs> shoes. Uh, <laughs> I'm Carol Daniel. Well, thank Thanks. you for doing this, well, Carol. Thank you for asking me. It's a chance to get out of the newsroom and talk about something other than crime and politics. Yeah. <laughs> And we've got some exciting stuff to talk about on this show. It's all about uh, Amazon for the first two segments coming up. We are going to talk to Suzanne Sitherwood as well Mm -hmm. uh, from Spire. But I want to know about, you brought this to my attention, what Amazon is building in their current headquarters. (laughs) The domes? Yes. We we should convince CBS, by the way, KMOX, to let us go travel there. Oh, I've already tried. I, I pitched the Seattle, the Seattle scouting trip to and see what they do. Apparently, got told no. But describe the, what they're building now. Well, you know they've got thirty-three buildings. They're all in downtown Seattle. Some of them are skyscrapers, and they just—they're uh, building one set of skyscrapers. But out in front, they've got these giant. I mean, how do you use? I just showed you the pictures, like geodesic domes with little rainforests. It looks inside. like the Thunderdome. Imagine that. Imagine that kind of a dome. Uh, you know, we'll like, have to like tweet a, this. Like a beehive. Yeah. Oh, you know, that's a good way to like put a it. Beehive. Yeah. And so I, this is what I imagine with these things. So it's like a, green, a rainforest inside, green space inside. It's green space inside of these domes, these glass domes. Yeah. So when there you, are three of them. When you can't find me... Carol's got the news coming up. Where is she? She's in the dome again. She's in the dome. She's, she's soaking up she's, the rainforest yes, vibes. Yes, It is cool. It's and It's very cool. This is the kind of, when Amazon says they want outside the box thinking, this right here, just take a look. Do a Google image search for Amazon domes and take a look at the images from their headquarters, which are in downtown Seattle. This is fantastic. I would love to see this in, in downtown St. Louis somewhere or wherever in the region. Okay? Who knows what they would come up with? Just Maybe come up something, with something having to do with the river. If we, if they get the riverfront location and they choose St. Louis, some sort of offshoot of the Mississippi River maybe? I, I am, don't know. I'm okay with what you come up with, Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay being a company town. I would love that. Having grown up on a military base, oh, yeah. that's like a company town. Mm-hmm. Everything is about service it's about the army the air force or wherever that you know whatever branch the base is associated with uh, i i could see that i I've, mm-hmm. I've grown up in that it's okay it feels good but i did ask um suzanne sitherwood with now spire uh about what she would say to amazon should we'll she be given up. the chance and you'll hear what she would describe for them what it- she would Pitch to them. And also just uh, people might be like, what is Spire? Exactly. Spire, yeah, huh? What yeah, is that? Yeah. I've seen the commercials. It's liquid gas. They've changed their name. And it's one of this buying spree. Yeah. And, and it's not one of those. I've had some like Facebook comments that have been like, oh, another St. Louis company gets bought. What is this Spire That's we're going to have to get happening used to? No. no, not at all. And she was brought in. It's a great conversation, too, with her about being brought in and being told, and we want you to grow the company. Mm. And, and now they're in three or four states. And she has done it. From just our little Laclede gas here to this national natural gas company. Absolutely. Spire. Spire. Get ready. Get get your checks all filled out for Spire (laughs) for the natural gas bills. Well, coming up next, we're going to talk with Aaron Perlett from Elasticity. 
He's the mustache guy. <laughs> I love it. Michael's got his application to join. Oh, and we've and he's uh, he wrote the article. You probably know him from writing uh, the article in Forbes a few years ago. St. Louis doesn't suck, which is on many a T-shirt now. <laughs> so we'll get the scoop on Amazon. What should we pay attention to? And what's just noise? We'll find out from Aaron coming up next. Michael Calhoun, Carol Daniel on Nothing Impossible on KMOX. And now, back to Nothing Impossible. Once again, your hosts, Michael Calhoun and Travis Sheridan on KMOX. All right, welcome back. Travis is out of the country expanding the uh, Venture Cafe global global domination, I suppose. Yes. He's in the Netherlands this week. So Carol Daniel, who is my uh, newsroom partner sitting in here. Big, big, big shoes to fill I have here. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's bring in Aaron Perlett who's with Elasticity and is uh, all-around great guy, inventor of the uh, fist bump, apparently, Carol's just discovered. Yeah, I'm I'm paying you two cents every time I fist bump. True facts. (laughs) I want my money back. You may also know Aaron from uh, such illustrious organizations as the American Mustache Institute. Which you're a member of, Michael? I am not, no. You should be. What is wrong with you? I've got the full beard. Isn't it it a purism, Aaron? You've got to have the straight mustache. No, that's not true. We, oh. we are non-discriminatory. All right. Well, so, so join. I'll have to fill out the. <laughs> I'll have to get the paperwork. Aaron uh, is joining us to help break down the Amazon HQ two. Really, it seems like it's a scramble between every city over a million people in the country, and right. then some who aren't and are still hopeful. I suppose. Uh, so, Aaron, what do you think? Uh, what do you think St. Louis's chances are? It, it seems like there have been these. Items that have come out of the woodwork in the New York Times and Inc. magazine saying, hey, you should take a look at St. Louis as a way to solve some of the, the national social ills of this of this country. So what do you think St. Louis's chances at this second headquarters are? Well, I, you know, I'd like to think we have a fantastic chance. We have all the elements that publicly they've stated they're looking for in terms of being a major metropolitan area. Um, you know, having a great technology base. We have a legacy of innovation here. Um, You know, there's a couple things that really stand out to me. And one is that if you look at what Amazon is at their very core, they're they're a logistics company. And it might not sound that sexy, but St. Louis really excels at being a logistics center um, between our airport, rivers, interstates, rail. um, And then there's, you know, workforce. We have a highly educated workforce here in the region. Um, you know, we have one of the largest concentrations of plant science PhDs, and clearly that's not what they're looking for. But we have, we have a very well-educated workforce here. We have things like, in terms of our public transit, we have our Metrolink. The light rail is very important to a company like Amazon. Those are things they're looking at. And we've got space to offer them. Um, we've got some great opportunities along the downtown riverfront and other opportunities within downtown where we can help build a campus that can house 50,000 workers. So I think we have a really good opportunity. And obviously, there's a lot of other cities that that are also worthy, places like Denver and Boston and Austin and Chicago. But I, I think we have a, you know, a pretty solid chance. And there's a great regional effort underway uh, to try to bring them here. So much to ask, Aaron, with so little time. When you say, when, when, Aaron, when, when Amazon has said 50,000, I have often thought, they can't possibly believe there are 50,000 in that community. They have got to be thinking that a significant percentage of that 50,000 is going to move to that community. Yeah, I think so. And uh, I mean, 
look, before I moved here 12 years ago, I think I was living in seven different cities over a 10 year period. People move for good jobs. And so there's a good portion of that workforce that would come from elsewhere. Uh, and, and clearly, you know, they would be seeking to recruit from all over the, not only the country, but the world, because that's Amazon is a global entity. Uh, so I, I think there'd be great opportunity for, for the workforce that's presently here, as well as to bring more workers, smart minds from outside the community into here, which only improves our community. And of course, uh, you know, Boston's going to tout Harvard. St. Louis is going to tout Washington University. But you and I were talking about this, and I did a story uh, this past week about the University of Illinois, for instance, up the road in Urbana, and how it's one of the top computer science schools in the country. And not many of those graduates come to St. Louis. They're, they're, I've heard they've, they're going to the West Coast. They're going to Silicon Valley and to they're going, Seattle. They're, they're going to NASA. <laughs> yeah. And so um, th- that seems like that's a pipeline of talent for St. Louis that we haven't even tapped. Uh, you're absolutely right, Michael, in that um, I think a lot of people take for granted the, the University of Illinois software engineering program has been in the top five nationally for pretty much forever since there was such such a thing as a software engineering program. And as a result, the small towns of, of Champaign and Urbana, where the university is located, have produced some of the most remarkable innovations that you would have never thought that came from, you know, basically in the center of farm town in the middle of the of Illinois. And we do actually have a number of graduates that have moved here, but you're right. There's a great opportunity to further tap in uh, to the university's software engineering program, um, from a data science standpoint and recruit people here because there are a tremendous number of smart kids that are coming out of that university every year that end up in really high paying jobs uh, with great companies like, you know, like Google and Apple and uh, going to places like you mentioned with the Bay Area. It's interesting that as we've watched Jeff Bezos lower the prices at Whole Foods, it, it kind of may tell us that he has a heart. And so if he has a heart, then he will make this decision based on how the company could help a community. And we would like to think that we could use that help. Detroit can also use that help. Yeah, I mean, certainly. Um, I, I don't think of us as as a charity case in, in, by any means. I mean, we have a vibrant corporate community here. We have 17 Fortune 1000 companies. We have an absolutely exploding um, small business community here, uh, particularly within plant and biosciences as well as software technology that continues to grow and get better. So, you know, the, what, I, what I think about the opportunity for Amazon here is joining a growing, strong community that's evolving. Uh, when I moved here 12 years ago, this was you know, corporate America's living room. And today we're seeing our economy really evolve into one that's more driven by by small business, by entrepreneurial entities, um, heavily relying on technology. And so, um, you know, I, I think Amazon moving here is just is joining a great, uh, great comeback story, something that's certainly on an upward trajectory. Yeah. Talk about that story and how you know, how is St. Louis branded, I suppose? And then what's the perception that a lot of people have when you throw out the word St. Louis? Maybe they haven't been before. Maybe they've had a stopover or something like that. Uh, but for somebody who's not from here or hasn't had extensive experience here, what is the thought about St. Louis that the rest of the country has? Well, I think if you ask 100 people, you probably get a, a you know 100 <laughs> answers. I, so I can only give you my own perspective, and that is that as I mentioned earlier, I've lived in a number of different cities before moving here. I have a lot of friends and family that are all over the country and outside the country. More often than not, um, what I get is more uh, 
not confusion, but just ignorance that a lot of people just simply aren't familiar with St. Louis outside of the Cardinals and the Arch. Uh, they don't understand that we have, you know, we are, particularly for a city of our size, we have, we are so culturally enriched here that I think sometimes we take it for granted in terms of the assets we have, places like Forest Park and the Fox and the Muni and uh, things like Lufest and the City Museum and the Magic House uh, and things like the Arch and our sports teams. Um, you know, it's just a remarkable community and it's, it's easy to take for granted when you're not living in the center of the country and say you're living on uh, on one of the coasts or something like that. So I, more often than not, Michael, what I find is simply just people don't know what to make of St. Louis. And then once they do discover it, they find that it's a pretty great place. But it's so interesting that you say that because Michael's question is great. I, I'm flipping it, though. Do you think that we need branding inside <laughs> the, the the it's the sense that we have of ourselves uh do you do you think is that what kind of not and when i say hurts us i don't mean you know badly but but i've talked to so many people who are when they find out i'm not from here um and i've talked to other executives who have moved here and they've described st louisans as apologetic and so does it, does, it, does it seem that we, you know, we need to look in the mirror and, and deal with the brand we think we have of ourselves? You know, I understand what you're saying. And I think we there is a pretty interesting chip for people that uh, on the on the collective shoulders for people that have grown up here and spent their entire lives here. Um, something that I, I find fascinating. And I think oftentimes we're taking for granted the things that are here Um when I hear people talk about challenges and issues of socioeconomics and race, uh, those are issues and conversations that are happening all over the country. I mean, look at what's going on right now with, with our president and the National Football League. It's happening in every, in every one of 32 cities right now. So I think the challenges that we have here are largely in no way unique to St. Louis at all. Um, I've seen them personally in probably four different cities that I've lived in. And I think you see them in towns like Baltimore or Raleigh, North Carolina, or even places like Miami, which are very international or Boston. Um, You know, we have challenges. Everyone has challenges. And it's just, you know, are we on the right trajectory towards addressing those challenges? But I do think you're right. I think there's this strange kind of chip that people that have grown up here have always had and need to recognize, wow, we've got it actually a pretty good quality of life around here. And I'm not saying that's for everybody um, and that there can't be things that could be worked on, improved socioeconomically, educationally or what have you. But uh, I do think that um, we have a lot to offer here. And really, that's what our case to Amazon is all about, is we have a tremendous amount to offer. And adding them to what we've got here already is only going to make this community much, much better in terms of the economic impact that an organization like that would have on our regional economy. Yeah, what is the, the headline, I guess, the attention grabbing, the tagline for St. Louis in this uh, sales effort for Amazon? Is it the cost efficiency here, the fact that it's cheap and it's not going to cost a lot both for the company and for when their employees when they move here. Is it the the big city amenities and cultural attractions in a small city kind of a feel? Is it the short commute times? Is it the good schools in the <laughs> suburbs? Is it uh, the fact that we've, I mean, even just five years ago, when it comes to things like launch code and arch grants. I mean, we are better positioned now, I feel like, than we would have been five years ago. And even in terms of the cultural stuff, people will compare, they'll say Denver, Boston are out in front, but the craft brewery boom here 
what Great Rivers uh, Greenway has done. If you think Colorado's an outdoor place, what Great Rivers Greenway has done here has been incredible. What do you think out of all these things is the one big sale point for Amazon? Or is it you can make the world a better place by coming here? See, I think it's an aggregate, Michael, of a lot of the things you just said. Um, and I don't think when any when any large company looks to establish a um, uh, you know uh, either a headquarters or a significant presence in a city, they're not looking for any one thing. They're looking for tax incentives. They're looking for does the business community align with their what they do. Um, they're looking for access to talent. Um, they're looking for culture. Um, cause they don't, oftentimes they don't want to move their employees somewhere where they don't feel like they'll fit into the culture they're looking for, for a company like Amazon. Is it a transportation logistics town? Yes, we are. Uh, as I mentioned before, having the Metrolink is really important. Having intelligent people, very important. Um, having access to, you know, good education, having Wash oh. U, SLU, uh, UMSL being not that far from, uh, from the university of Illinois. Uh, you know, we're a great baseball and beer town, as you mentioned. And then, you know, the affordability piece, and you kind of led with that, Michael, in your question, that's important too. Um, you know, you can't, you can't really sing karaoke in a public park in San Francisco, New York, Chicago, DC, or Miami without it somehow costing you $150. But, you know, if you look at our, I think our medium, median home value is, is roughly $164,000. Um, which is well below the U.S. median average, which I think is one roughly one hundred ninety-five thousand dollars. So, our cost of living is a uh, uh, cost of living here is very cheap. Typically, the cost of even commercial real estate here is very affordable. Those are so all those things together, they really combine and make one packet. And that would that is what our regional leaders, in an effort being led by Sheila Sweeney and the um, St. Louis Partnership for Economic Development, they're essentially trying to make a business case, and it's not just kind of you know, putting their marbles all in one basket or eggs. That was terrible. <laughs> putting their eggs all in one basket. It's really, you know, this is the aggregate of why St. Louis is a great place for, for you, Jeff Bezos, and for you, Amazon, to, to, to bring this headquarters facility with 50,000 people. Is, is crime an issue? We, we, we say it's an issue for those of us who live here. Is it an issue for Amazon? I don't know. I think you'd have to ask them. Um, you know, uh, I, I, I've seen the debate here from inside and out. Uh, and, um, yeah, I mean, we have, we certainly have our challenges just like every other city, as I mentioned yeah. earlier, crime is everywhere. Uh, um, crime is everywhere. And, um, it's not, it's not unique to us. And, uh, you know, if you go by FBI crime statistics, actually, if you combined the entire metro area as 90% of the cities around the U S do, um, but whereas we separate them between city and County, we'd be roughly around a hundred as opposed to where we are now based on those statistics. So I don't know. I mean, um, I'm, I'm sure it's something that's taken into consideration, but, um, you know, it's, it's a piece of the puzzle and it's not something unique to St. Louis in any way. Let's take a quick break, come back and talk more with Aaron Perlett on nothing impossible on KMOX. And now back to nothing impossible. Once again, your hosts, Michael Calhoun and Travis Sheridan on KMOX. Welcome back in Michael and Carol Daniel on nothing impossible on this Sunday. And we're talking with Aaron Perlett. You might have read uh, his article. St. Louis uh, doesn't suck in Forbes a few years ago, (laughs) uh, which kicked off. uh, I feel like a few years of good feelings for St. Louis. (laughs) And so uh, Aaron 
when we think about, uh, wh- wh- all right, where is the coolest place for Amazon to go? I'll just ask it that way. When we think about the riverfront, the AT&T Tower, some of these other places near the airport, what's the coolest place? And is that what Amazon's really looking for, a cool, picturesque, world-class kind of a site? Well, I, you know, I, from, from what I understand, um, kind of the, the prime areas that we're looking at in terms of offering is along the riverfront. Um, and, uh, you know, from, they're not making waterfront property anymore. So I, I, I can't imagine a better, a better opportunity, uh, within the St. Louis landscape than, than the downtown riverfront. I'm a little biased because I own and operate two businesses in downtown. Uh, so, um, so I, I think that's a great opportunity, and I know that's high on the list in terms of what the regional leaders are are going to be offering Amazon. Not only we've got there's land on both the South Riverfront and the North Riverfront, and then there's opportunities within downtown. So if you were going to create some type of congruent campus that wove through downtown to the riverfront, there's uh, places like um, the AT&T Building, uh, as well as the the former the former um, famous bar building the railway exchange. So I think there's, there's lots of great places, but, uh, you know, downtown seems to be where they're focused on right now that I understand. A uh, quick question for you. And that is about racial tension. Some would think, and as the protests were unfolding the fourth day and the fifth day and the sixth day, uh, we, I was reading comments on Facebook that people felt, well, there goes Amazon. You know, it's a really good question and not, not, you know, walking a mile in their shoes. I, I can't really tell you, uh, what they're thinking when they see that. But again, you know, these are, they're very real challenges. Um, and they're not in any way to be swept aside. Uh, but these are issues that are, that are in conversations that are taking place all across America and are very serious ones. Um, so I think that, uh, there are hundreds of other cities that if that was the, the sole litmus test would, would be kind of taken out of consideration. I, I came across this great way of uh, categorizing all the other cities that are interested in Amazon. And again, it seems like you know every city of a half million people are over, even though Amazon said a million and over. But uh, it was a uh, they called it the thirst tracker. And all of these cities are so thirsty for Amazon and their fifty thousand jobs. Who do you think the competition is here? Is it the typical Boston, Denver, Austin, Chicago list that? A lot of people keep seeing, or, or do you think a Kansas City or a Detroit, uh, you know, St. Louis? What do you think the uh, the final list might look like? It's a great question. You know, New York Times had this that uh, essentially looked like a bookmaker's tool they had put in when trying to game where they'd go. Uh, you know, you hear rumors things like Denver and Dallas. Um, uh, Kansas City's competitive advantage would be that they've got Google Fiber. Um, well, I have but, AT&T uh, fiber at my house. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. people got excited about Google fiber in the beginning, but hey, I've got those fast internet speeds right here in the city of St. Louis. I would agree with you. And actually, Charter is, uh, has got uh, pretty darn fast cables. So uh, there's, 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 there's plenty to go around here. But I, I, What's, funny, what's funny, Aaron, I, is that I, I even noticed in the RFP, Amazon says they want to make sure the site has good cell phone service. Well, we certainly have it. I mean, this is a regional hub for for Amazon uh, for AT and T. Rather, it used to be their their uh, their headquarters. So uh, we've got a lot going for us when it comes to that. All right. Well, Aaron Perlett, thank you so much for helping us uh, understand this whole Amazon scramble that's been going on. And 
I guess not not a lot of sleep for those involved in it over the next uh, two weeks or so. It's due on October 16th, I believe. A lot going on, yep. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate you guys. Yeah, thanks, Aaron. And coming up next, Carol sits down with Suzanne Sitherwood, the CEO of Spire. You probably know it better as Laclede Gas. That's up next on Nothing Impossible on KMOX. Now, back to Nothing Impossible, sponsored by Accelerate St. Louis, the epicenter of innovation for the St. Louis region, on News Radio 1120, KMOX. Well, you've heard the name Spire said on KMOX many times, but you probably don't know who Spire used to be. Well, the CEO of Spire joining us now, Laclede Gas, is officially changing its name, CEO Suzanne Sitherwood. Uh, Suzanne, thank you so much for your time. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks for having me. And I know this is more than just a name change. You had to bring together several utilities in several states. But talk to us about the change from the Khalid Gas to Spire. You're correct. Um, We've expanded our geographic footprint, and we've quadrupled in value during the last four years. So we made a decision to move to Spire, not just at the parent level, but also across our five natural gas utilities. And what does it mean? Yes. What it means to our customers by bringing all of our utilities together and officially becoming a team and delivering on our promise, it means that we will show up um, to our customers at Aspire. They will start seeing orange. They'll see our employees in uniforms, and they'll also see our trucks rolling Aspire. But more importantly, I think what they'll also see is we will continue to deliver the service that we have promised them, um, but there will also be improvements, and they'll also see efficiencies in the cost structure as well. But when I think of Spire, I think of something that goes up, that a long, tapered object. I, I think of elevation. Is there meaning behind the name? No, Spire for us is what it means, really, we have a mark that's called a handshake, and because we're fortunate enough to show up to people's homes, go in their homes and places of business, it's very important to us that we remember that we serve customers, and it really means a handshake at the door and fulfilling our promise and, com- and commitment to them. And you did. we mentioned that um, we're talking five utilities in three states yes. uh, that you had to bring together. This turns you from a local utility to a national player. It, it does. We're now the fifth largest publicly traded natural gas company in the country, and, of course, we plan on continuing to grow, so hopefully we continue to be a good news St. Louis uh, story like many of the companies here are. How many years have you have you had this growth in mind? How many years have you been CEO? I've been here five years. Hard to believe. And so when you sit down in that chair in that office, you, you gather with the board, was your goal always that we're going to take Laclede to a larger entity, to a national presence? Was that always your goal, Suzanne? Um, it was. Uh, the board brought me here to grow the company, and that was their purpose. And fortunately, grow we have. Uh, a lot of hard work um, from my team members here, my colleagues, and it's been a great journey, and it's not over. We plan on continuing to work to grow the organization. Talk to me about the boldness that is required to be brought in, to be given the keys to the kingdom, and to say, the kingdom's not big enough. We need a larger kingdom. Go do that, Suzanne. Well, and, and part of it is, too, it's not big for big sake. It, it really is about as we grow and as we scale, we can make significant investments. Like, for example, you've seen us modernizing our pipeline infrastructure here in St. Louis. Like, we've deployed technology that the company didn't have, platform systems, and now we're adding on to those systems um, mobile connectivity to our customers so they can manage their account and those kinds of things. Scale enables 
in a lot of ways, improved service because of the ability to invest. And that's part of the reason we want to grow, not really just growth for growth's sake, but to provide a better service to our customers. What did you bring to the table? This is a who is Suzanne Sitherwood question. <laughs> what, did you, what did you bring to the table that the board knew you would be the one who could accomplish what you have clearly accomplished? I think part of it was I had already spent 30 years in the natural gas industry before I came to St. Louis, and I worked for the largest company in the peer group. And when I came here, Laclede Group, Laclede Gas was the smallest in the peer group. So I had a bit of a track record. Um, so I interviewed, uh, they hired me, and off we've been. Were, were you straight out of college working in the utility industry? Um, I was. T- talk to me about that. What, what, uh, well, I started as a co-op student um, when I was with the company in Atlanta, and I was a military brat, and I showed up one day at the gas company, and they had trucks and guys in uniforms, and I thought, well, this just looks like what I grew up around, and I said, this job's for me, and I've been in the gas industry ever since. It's a wonderful industry. Um, the people are about service. We serve customers, and it's, it's a wonderful group across the United States, quite honestly. It's a wonderful group of um, people, colleagues to work with. Outside looking in, do people still look at you as a woman and wonder uh, how difficult it might be for a woman in what they assume to be a male-dominated industry? Um, it, it was, like a lot of construction industries and so forth when I was growing up, male-dominated, but I have to say that the the gentlemen in the field at the time, they have brothers, and they, but they also have sisters and mothers and aunts, and they wanted their their family members to have success, and they took me under their wing, and they taught me the business, and I've had mentors along the way, and quite honestly, it's been a great experience, and hopefully I'm a good reflection of what it can be for women, and um, it's a little bit inspiring, even though we are inspired, um, so hopefully it'll be a little inspiring for them. Do you, as we watch the um, Hurricane Harvey and, and uh, Hurricane Irma do the damage that they have done uh, what are, are there lessons learned um, that, that you take uh, to the board at Spire, to employees at Spire? Well, we, we watch that very closely because that's in the utility sector, both gas and electric. We have what we call mutual aid agreements, and so we actually deploy our skilled service employees and construction teams to those areas when they need them. Um, and so we're watching closely and have been in contact with those areas, and from a gas company side, those systems are holding, and they haven't sought our assistance, but it's not uncommon for us to help. So you know, our thoughts and prayers are for those in the community, and we stand ready to help if they so need us. Two, two other questions for you before I let you mm-hmm. go. I, I understand you are co-chair of the Better Together uh, movement, and it, I mean, it's been getting some knocks here lately. Not everybody's happy with, what, with what's um, unfolding here. What is your message to those? Do you think they don't understand what you're doing? Or, Well, I'm, first of all, I'm not co-chair, and we've only had a couple of meetings thus far, um, the three of us, so I know it's been reported that I'm chair or co-chair, so I just want to clarify what? that point. Oh, what is your role? Um, um, well, the team of three is basically new together, and we've had two meetings thus far. So I think my, the punchline to the whole thing, it would be more to come, better together. The organization has been um, around for some time looking at data and trying to understand um, how this region uh, sort of 
functions from an economic standpoint, from an efficiency standpoint, from a public policy standpoint, and there's a lot of information on their website. So um, we're learning, and we're learning as to what the next steps will be and where to take um, better together in terms of public policy. So I would just say at the beginning, like I um, said, we've only had two meetings thus far. So I, I know, again, that it's been reported that I'm chair or, or coach you asked about and you are co-chair. Not. And you are not. <laughs> no, none, nobody is. That hasn't even been determined yet, and nor other members and so forth. I think it's a little bit of the cart before uh-huh. the horse, if I, if uh-huh. I might. Are you, let me ask you, are you, um, are you surprised by any pushback that has occurred? And are you, uh, do you, do you have greater hope by the amount of support that there is out there as well? Yeah, and, and an initiative that is this great and this visionary for the region, um, one would expect, especially in the early stages, to, for people to articulate what their concerns are, as well as the benefits. And, and, and that's important because I can tell you from somebody that's only been in St. Louis, um, for five years now, one of the, one of the beauties of the fabric here, for example, are the neighborhoods and the communities and all the um, art and availability, the zoo, the parks, all that's wonderful. We would never want to do anything that would put that in a place that it doesn't continue well into the future. So I understand those concerns, and I, but I also understand too um, how people in the region are spending much more when it compares itself from a tax perspective and otherwise when you look at um, other regions. So I think it's important to study and understand both sides of the argument. And then then what is that higher vision for the region that um, really cherishes the things that are so important about the fabric of this region? None of us want to, you know, unwind any of that. Is there any way to know now how long this will take? Um, no, I think, like I said, we're just getting started, and so um, I think time will tell. I, I can tell you I think there will be a lot of transparency, a lot of inclusion in, in terms of hearing from different groups of people and different people around the region, and I, I think all of that's important. Um, one last question before I let you go, and I, I, I'm not sure that you're aware, but, but Amazon uh, reportedly has said that they, they really want testimonials from the leaders of large companies in, in the individual communities that are vying for the headquarters, too. Uh, what, what would you say to them, if given the opportunity? This is an opportunity. <laughs> yeah, I, well, for someone like I said, he moved here five years ago. I, I see all the wonder of the region, and I have read the RFP that was sent I most Curious CEOs probably have read that RFP, and I think St. Louis checks many of those boxes. And so, I think absolutely the St. Louis region should look at look at that and determine whether or not it should submit. And I know there's a a, a team, a group of um, um, the interested groups around the region that are looking at that. And there's like an October, mid October deadline for submittal. So I'm sure there'll be more to come on that topic. It's almost like, you know, talking to your best friend, like why they should move to St. Louis. Exactly, yeah. It feels that way. Yes, yes. And we have a lot of visitors here um, from all over the world. And I can tell you, they come here, I give them a little mini tour around the region, and they, without fail, tell me, this is the most wonderful place. Why didn't I know about St. Louis? And I say, well, you do now. Come back anytime. <laughs> that would be a great message to Amazon. But they already know about us since they're uh, they're already uh, in in Edwardsville, so we're already on their radar. Well, exactly, exactly. Yes. 
Well, Suzanne, it is so good to talk to you. Suzanne Sitherwood, the CEO of soon-to-be officially Spire. Thank you very much for your time. All right. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.